Yesterday, it was so great to see so many of our students in costume for Halloween. I saw in the hallways Spider-Man, a Ninja Turtle, a mermaid, a ghost, and even someone dressed as St. Nicholas, and a whole bunch of other different interesting characters. I'm always impressed by the creativity of our, our kids and our families as they come up with these costumes. I myself was a bit of a party pooper. I did not have an unusual costume yesterday, uh, but I did do some errands around Roseville, and when I popped into some stores, I think a bunch of people thought I had a very nice religious-themed costume on yesterday for Halloween, nonetheless. When we have our, our Halloween costumes on, you know, we don't just put the costume on, we actually try to play the part, don't we? You actually try and move and act and talk like Spider-Man or Ninja Turtle or what would a ghost sound like? We actually take on that kind of persona so we can kind of get into it. But we all know that when Halloween's over and when the trick-or-treating's done, we all know that I'm not really Spider-Man. I'm not really a Ninja Turtle. I'm not really a mermaid. I've got to go back to being who I really am. We take the costumes off and maybe put them in the closet. Maybe they get handed down to a sibling next year. We go back to being who we are. And if we don't, if we still try and run around the house and maybe try to climb up the walls or the banister like Spider-Man day after day, I'm sure your mom or dad would say, okay, that's enough. You are not Spider-Man. Get down from there. We come back to reality. However, when it comes to being disciples of Jesus, we have to be careful to not confuse being a disciple with wearing a costume. Because when we're disciples of Jesus, the more that we try and move and act and even talk like saints, we're not actually becoming someone different, like a Ninja Turtle. When you move and act and talk and try to do everything that a saint would do, you actually become closer to who you really are. You actually are becoming more and more in reality of the person that God made you and me to be. Because being saints is our true identity. That's why God made us. God made all of us to be saints, to be holy people who are his friends, and who in some ways even have amazing powers, almost like superpowers that God gives us to bless and help other people. Sometimes it can seem like living a holy life out of love for God is something we only do every once in a while. Like Halloween comes around once, once in a while, so we dress up, and it can seem like maybe we only do holy things or saintly things every now and then on special days of the year or on Christmas or when I have like a feeling of like piety or devotion, but that's actually not the case. That every day we, we should, in a certain sense, put on our saint costume and keep it on and move and act and talk like the saints were called to be, because that's who we truly are. On this All Saints Day, we celebrate all the holy people of God who are in heaven, known and unknown, who have become who they truly are. The saints are our brothers and sisters who pray for us and inspire us who are saints in the making. 
The saints are our brothers and sisters who, in the book of Revelation, who John sees this huge multitude standing before God's throne and the Lamb. A great multitude which no one could count from every nation, race, people, and tongue. We're meant to be part of that great multitude one day. We're called to join them, to be saints in the kingdom of God. Today, I want to share with you the story of one amazing saint who we do know about and what he can teach us. His name is St. Martin de Pours. Does anyone see St. Martin de Pours in church today? Can someone point him out to me? Go ahead. He's right back here. Brand new painting of St. Martin de Pours, an oil painting, also a very new painting of St. Rose of Lima on your right-hand side. At the end of Mass today, I'm going to bless both of these new images, which we're going to hang in our entryways. So when you come in from the main entrances behind these two portals here, we'll now be greeted by these holy saints of Peru. They remind us that they're present with us, they're here with us, and they're meant to inspire us to lift our eyes to God as we come into this holy temple. Martin de Porres was born in Peru in 1579. His father was a white Spanish nobleman. He abandoned the family when Martin was young. Martin's mother, Ana Velasquez, was a formerly enslaved African woman, and she raised Martin and her sister on and his sister on her own. As a kid, Martin learned about Jesus Christ. He learned about the gospel. He began to pray. He began to try and do saintly things. He began to put on his true saint costume and do what Jesus taught. Like the Beatitudes, to be poor in spirit, to be a peacemaker, to be pure of heart, to love one another generously. Martin began to do these things And Martin was impressed by the consecrated men of that city who were called the Dominicans. The Dominicans lived in a large priory in in Lima. They were kind of like monks. And he wanted to join their religious order and join himself to their constant prayer, their penance, and serving others through works of mercy. But there was a problem. Martin was biracial. Martin had black skin, and the rules of that time would not permit him to become a full member of the order. So Martin entered the priory as a lay helper and did menial tasks, cleaning, cooking, laundry. And he was sometimes, sometimes ridiculed for the color of his skin or for his low social standing. When this happened to Martin, it was kind of like someone was telling him to take off his true self, take off his saint costume. Like, who do you think you are, Martin de Porres? You aren't really a saint. You don't really belong here. Why are you trying to be part of this? What are you trying to do? He was frequently teased, both by Christians and non-Christians alike. But Martin did not listen to that. His confidence was entirely in God. He refused to give in to the harassment, and instead, he kept on taking care of anyone who came to him for help. You see, God gave Martin a great gift of healing. 
He had a talent for this, both physically and spiritually. And so when people came to the Dominican Priory, Martin would tend their wounds, he would lessen their pain, give them food and drink, and sometimes God even cured their diseases miraculously through Martin's assistance. Now, after a few years, the Dominicans of Lima, they recognized that Martin was actually closer to God than any of them. They saw his love for God. They saw his gospel living. And so Father Juan Lorenzano, brushing aside Peruvian law, he let Martin profess vows in the order and become a full-fledged Dominican brother. That's why in the painting behind me, you see that Martin's wearing the long black and white robes of the Dominican order, the order of preachers. Martin eventually oversaw the entire infirmary of Holy Rosary Priory. Tons and tons of sick people, people with the plague, people with leprosy, all kinds of people. He oversaw all their medical care. And he was entrusted like responsibilities like feeding the hungry who came to the door, taking care of children, even taking care of some of the priory's finances. This is how much he became trusted because he refused to become someone other than who God made him to be. And Martin ministered to all people who came to him, regardless of their color, race, or status. There's also a beautiful story about Martin's compassion extending even to the animal kingdom. It is said that mice had infested the building that they were living in. And after Martin caught one of the mice, he took it and he looked at it and said, Little brother, I'm not going to kill you. But you have to take your friends and go out to the garden. I'll feed you in the garden if you agree to leave the house. And he put the mouse on the ground, and then Martin walked out of the building, and all the mice followed him in a single file line, like in a parade, and went out to the garden where he would feed them day by day. And they kept their part of the deal, and Martin kept his part of the deal, and everyone was happy. And that's why in the painting, Martin has a little tiny mouse on his shoulder just hanging out with him. The reconciliation even of creation with humankind and with God. Martin de Porres died in 1639 at age 59. And 25 years later, his body was found to be incorrupt. It did not decay. And it even exuded a, a beautiful fragrance from his tomb. He was canonized in 1962 and instantly inspired many people around the world. This was right around the civil rights era. People were fighting to have equal rights for all, no matter what color your skin was or who you were born from. This great movement to make sure that all people had their rights respected because all are created equal by God. And people, especially in our country, invoked St. Martin de Porres in his prayers. He's the patron saint of biracial people, barbers and hairstylists, and social justice causes. Like many of the saints, Martin had to overcome resistance to becoming who he truly was meant to be in God's eyes. He knew he had to follow God's call wherever it led him, and he knew that he had to love his neighbor through concrete acts of love, even when he'd be misunderstood, even when he'd be ridiculed. He knew this was what Jesus called him to do. God was making Martin into a saint, the man he was truly meant to be. 
So brothers and sisters, when we strive to imitate the saints, to move like them, to act like them, to speak like them, to love like them, this isn't just a costume we're putting on once a year or maybe on special holidays, and then we take it off and, well, that's for next year. No, the saints are who we truly are. It's our deepest identity. It's why God made us. So today, let's ask Martin and Rose of Lima to pray for us that we would see sainthood not as something impossible or something strange or something to pretend at, but that we'd view sainthood as our deepest calling in life, to be the people God has meant us to be, to be people of love, people of service, people of humility. May the Holy Eucharist today take away our fear of becoming saints of God and fill us with joy at the knowledge that we truly are God's beloved sons and daughters, called to be his saints.